you know, nung magsabog ng kagandahan ng boses ang Panginoon, kinuha lahat ni Pastor Abel. Hindi ako tiniran. <clears throat> Thank you, Pastor Abel, for that beautiful song. Uh, good evening, brethren. It's Brother Robert again. Alright, uh, when Pastor Sam texted me last two weeks ago, said, uh, we have a missionary um, <clears throat> uh, this Wednesday, November 2, and he said that uh, I will, he will give me rest. I was like, yes. The same prayer, you can't say no, diva. Then as the day go by, looking at my the calendar, I say, oops, there's five Wednesdays. <laughs> Sabi ng asawa ko, kala mo makakalusot ka, ha? <laughs> but anyway, yeah, it's always a privilege to to stand here, you know, I'm not a, <clears throat> I'm not a theologian, I'm not a um, pastor or anything, but I'd like to preach the word of God. So I thank God for using me, for giving me an ability to share the word of God. You know, uh, <clears throat> I don't know why it's hard for me to, I mean, it's not for, it's hard for me to encourage people to you know, to like go to church or listen to the Word of God. But, you know, I really thank God that uh, my wife is always encouraging me, supporting me in every ministry that God has given me. So, um, <clears throat> the title of my message tonight, What Happens When a Christian Sings? What happened? Do we get spanked? You know, uh, the God will not bless us. Um, so, in Psalms 51, but before we go there, let's go to the Lord in prayer. I believe that uh, God uh, prepared for us something good tonight that we can learn. <clears throat> Let us pray. Our precious, precious God and loving Father, once again, Lord, uh, we are here tonight to study your word and father we pray that you cleanse our heart and our mind lord whatever is uh, bothering us tonight or hindering us to listen to your word help us lord to put this aside and please uh, forgive us lord from all our sins and you know father lord that i'm not worthy to be here in your pulpit lord but uh, i thank you lord for using me and thank you lord for um for giving me strength oh lord to to do your work and please uh, continue to be with us and forgive us lord from all our sins in jesus name we pray amen all right in psalm 51 there are ver 19 verses i think i put that in the powerpoint <clears throat> just follow me as i read it the bible says have mercy upon me O god according to thy loving kindness According to the multitude of thy tender mercies, blot out my transgressions. Wash me thoroughly from, from my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. For I acknowledge my transgressions and my sin is ever before me. Against thee, thee only have I sinned and done this evil in thy sight, that, I have, that thou mightest be justified when thou speakest and be clear when thou judgest. Behold, I was shapen in iniquity, and in sin did my mother conceive me. Behold, thou dost desire truth in the inward parts, and in the hidden part thou shalt make me to know wisdom. 
purge me with hyssop and shall and I shall be clean. Wash me and I shall be whiter than snow. Make me to hear joy and gladness that the bones which thou hast broken may rejoice. Hide my face from my sins and blot out all my iniquities. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a spirit, a right spirit within me. Cast me not uh, away from thy presence and take not thy Holy Spirit from me. Restore unto me the holy, uh, the joy of thy salvation and uphold me with thy spirit, uh, with free spirit. Then will I teach transgressions thy, thy ways and sin sinners shall be converted unto thee. Deliver me from uh, blood guiltiness, O God, thou God of my salvation and my tongue shall sing aloud of my righteousness. O Lord, open thou my lips and my mouth shall show, show forth thy praise. For thou desirest not sacrifice, else would I give it. Thou delightest not in burnt offering. The, the sacrifice of God are broken spirit, O broken and create a uh, concrete heart. O God, thou wilt not desire, despise. I'm sorry. Do good in thy good pleasure unto Zion. Build thou the walls of Jerusalem. And verse 19, then shalt thou be pleased with the sacrifices of righteousness with burnt of uh, offering and whole burnt offering, then shall they offer uh, bollocks upon thine heart. So, I'm sorry, thy um, altar, I'm sorry. Okay, so scriptures makes a uh, abundant clearly, abundant clear that if we believe in Jesus Christ and have put our trust in him, then we are his and nothing in this world can take away that from us. So how wonderful it is to know that we are secure in the hand of the Lord Jesus Christ. So well then, since the Christians is secure in Christ, what happens when Christian deliberately sins? Now, before we go any further, I should explain why I have chosen to use the old word, word sin. Number one, because, because the Bible uses it. In the uh, other translations of the Bible, the word sins, it depends on the translations, like, you know, sinner, sinning, sin, sinful, and so on and so forth. It appears 415 times, depending on the version. 308 times in the Old Testament and 107 times in the New Testament. So I think the biblical writers here, under the guidance of God, the Holy Spirit, you know, saw the concept of sin as fairly important. We as a Christian, it is very important for us to know, like the, uh, <clears throat> how to be careful in sinning. I use it because it conveys more meaning than any other word in regards to wrongdoing. You know, it carries with it the following concept, like rebellion and lowliness or illegality, perversion and immorality, evil, breaking God's law, falling short in our every character, being unfair, being unkind, being selfish, living in ways contrary to the will and nature of God, not worshiping God as we should, not loving our Lord with all our hearts, with all our mind and souls and strength. 
not loving our neighbors as, other, as ourselves, missing the mark, at times not even understanding what God wants, doing the things we shouldn't and not doing the things we should. I use it because it is word we can't escape. we all sinners, amen? Saved by grace. We can't shift because the blame. If we were to use the word like my weakness, you know, my inadequacy, my mistakes, my iniquities, my problems, we can portably lessen the impact. After all, doesn't everyone make mistakes? That's, that's what always we use when we get blamed. I'm only human. I make mistakes. You know, marinig mo lagi yan sa trabaho. When the boss asks you, you know, what happened? You know, why you're not careful for doing this? And you tell to the boss, I don't, I'm a human. I always make mistakes. I'm not perfect. So doesn't everyone have some weakness? Well then, what does happen when a Christian deliberately sin? So when, um, <clears throat> when a Christian sin's relationship is not altered, Position is not altered, but fellowship is broken. Our fellowship with the Lord is broken. You know, I suppose we could compare this to a relationship between a child, his or her parents. You know, for example, if I hurt or angered my parents by doing something bad, my position remains the same. I'm still their son but I might not feel worthy of fellowshipping with them. Or they may not feel confident to share with me until I have shown remorse for what I have done. So my relationship as a son remains the same, but my fellowship has been disturbed. So how does this disturbed disturb fellowship affects me? In 2 Samuel chapter 11, you know, we're not gonna read the whole verse, the whole chapter. It's, it's a long chapter. I just picked some verses. We have the account of King David's fall. Elsewhere in scripture, we are told that David was a man of God's own heart. He was one of the giants of faith, yet he fell into a terrible sin with, the, with his tragic involved with Bathsheba. So David provides us with an example of gross extreme sin, sin which led him into the depth of deceit, adultery, murder, and misuse of privilege and power. So his sin was probably like most of us. Even if we have dreamed of committing sin like his, are not of the position to be able to carry it out. So you need, we need a lot of authority to be able to do what he did. So let's turn to 2 Samuel, verse 11, and briefly look at David's sin. So I had, like what I said, I just have picked some uh, several verses rather than reading through the entire chapter. So in verses 2, chapter 2, verse, I mean, verses 2 to 5, the Bible says, One evening David got up from his bed and walked around on the roof of the place. From the roof, uh, he saw a woman bathing. The woman was very beautiful. You know, na, when I was reading this, imagine ko yung asawa ko. And David sent someone to find out about her. The man said, isn't this Bathsheba, 
the daughter of Eliam and the wife of Uriah and Hittite. Then David sent messengers to get her. She came to him and he slept with her. She had purified herself from, the, from her uncleanness. Then she went back home. The woman conceived and sent word to David saying, I am pregnant. Remember we watched the Southern sign, uh, David, it's a good uh, thing. And now down to verse 14 to 15. And it came to pass in the morning that David wrote a letter to Joab and sent it by the hand of Uriah. And he wrote it in the letter saying, Set ye Uriah in the uh, forefront of the hottest uh, battle and retire ye from him that he may be smitten and die. Wow. What a bad man. And finally, verse 26 to 27, and when, he, and when the wife of Uriah heard that Uriah, her husband, was dead, she, re, she mourned from her husband. And when, he mourning, uh, and when the mourning was passed, David sent and fetched her to his house, and she became his wife and bare his son, him a son. But the thing that David had done displeased the Lord. So yet, we are not going to spend time this evening thinking about the nature of David. We know the nature of David. You know, uh, I simply read that passages in order to give us a background on what we will be looking at this evening. So because of sin, because of his sin, or our sin, even though David reminded a child of God, his fellowship was broken. Like what my example a while ago about son and uh, as a father. It is important to us to understand that sin is doing anything contrary to the nature and will of God. It doesn't need to be extreme as David's sin. Anything. You know, in Psalms 51, we have an insight into what this broken fellowship meant of David to David and what it will meant for us if rather be unconfessed uh, known sin in our lives. That's why our uh, song leader here every morning or every afternoon, he encouraged our brethren, you know, to pray silently, individually, you know, to have a confession. If there's anything unconfessed hidden in our heart. You know, in Psalms 51 is David's prayer of confess, confession and repentance. So let's turn together to that psalm. I know you, you're still there. Okay, this is our main topic here. So there are eight ways in which sin can affect the Christian listen, listed here in Psalm 51. But, Brother Robert, eight things? Usually eight points lang dito ang ginagamit mo. Ngayon, eight. But I will, I will be quick. Okay, number one, sin can make us feel unclean. Right? What we, I mean, we discovered this in verses 2, 7, and 10. Wash me thoroughly from mine iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. Purge me with hyssop and I shall be clean. Wash me and I shall be whiter than snow. And verse 10, create in me a clean heart, O God. This is our, you know, mostly our prayer, you know, every morning. And renew a right spirit within me. So verse 10, create in me a pure heart, O God. David, who refused for a long time to acknowledge or confess his, his sinful ways, now cries out to be cleansed. So he feels guilty. You know, sin pollutes, it makes us feel unclean. 
And number two, sin can fill out our mind. Look at verse three. For I acknowledge my transgressions and my sin is ever before me. So David could not escape his sin. It was always prominent in his sight, in his thought. Sin fills the mind. And number three, sin can sting our conscience. In verse 4 and 9, we notice that David saw his own guilt and could make no righteous appeal against it. Can you feel this? You know what David is feeling? Can you feel his conscience stinging as he cries out? You know, in verse 4, against thee, thee only have I sinned and done this evil thing in, the, in thy sight. Hide thy face from my sins and blot out all my iniquities. So sin is thing the conscience. And number four, sin can make us depressed. Is that true? Sin can make us depressed. Let's look at the opening words of verse 8. Make me to hear joy and gladness that the bones which thou hast broken may rejoice. Because of his sin, David had lost his joy. You know, when we sin against God, you know, no matter what we do, you know, every time we think of that sin, we lose our joy. The mind of the same David who wrote countless psalms and songs of praise was now filled with sorrow. So sin depress, depresses the heart. And number five, sin can make us sick. Look at the second half of verse eight. That the bones which thou hast broken may rejoice. David is writing poetically, but he is saying, let the anguish inside my own body be healed. When we are out of fellowship with God, we are out of harmony with ourselves. Furthermore, sin can literally make us physically sick. So I'm not suggesting that if you are sick, it is because you have sinned. You know, we all have a thorn in the flesh. But it is obvious that some sins carry a high health risk. So sin affects the body. And number six, sin can sour our spirit. Verse 10, create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. So this verse makes it clear that David was conscious in the fact that his spirit was all wrong. I mean, was all wrong. His spirit was no longer stable or steadfast, and he knew he needed for a new heart. So we could read Jeremiah 17, verse 9, as, a script, as the picture of David's heart. The, the Bible says, The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? So sin sours the spirit. And verse 7, sin can destroy the assurance of God's presence. And look at in verse 11. Cast me not away from thy presence and take not thy Holy Spirit from me. So although, <coughs> although God had not changed his love for David, so David's assurance here of his was shaken, he now felt removed from God. So sin destroys the assurance of God's presence. And number eight, sin can seal our lips. Focus your attention on verses 14 to 15. The Bible says, deliver me 
from blood guiltiness, O God, thou God of my salvation, and my tongue shall sing, shall sing aloud of thy righteousness. O Lord, open thou my lips, and my mouth shall, shall she forth thy praise. So because of his sin, David had not had no testimony to give to others. Because of his sin, he has no praise to offer to the Lord. So sin seals the lips. Now let's go to the message. What a sorry statement to be in. Kung lang yan, palabok lang yan. Kung sabi ni Pastor Ray, libre lang yan. Alright? Have you, bonus, there you go, bonus lang yan. Have you ever been in the position, are we perhaps in the terrible position now? You know, in Psalms 51, prompts us to ask questions like this of ourselves. When was the last time we shared with someone what God is doing in our lives? Do we have anything to share in this regard? Are we full of praise and joy, or have we lost our song? Has the dance gone from our steps? In our heart, is our heart clean, or it is dirty and polluted? Is our conscience free from guilt? And do we have assurance of God's presence and empowering in our lives? Now, if we are convicted that we are in actual fact in the same state that David was in, so what can we do? What can we do? Number one, I only have four points, okay? Number one, we must remember God's great mercy. We must remember God's great mercy. Have mercy upon me, says in number one, uh, verse one. O God, according to thy loving kindness, according unto multitude of thy tender mercies, blot out my transgressions. So David here appealed to the grace, loving kindness, and compassion of God, God hates our sin with the perfect hatred, but he loves sinners with everlasting love. Amen? He wants to forgive us when we return to him in true repentance. There have been many times when I have felt as I though I cannot return to God because I am too sinful. Yet, listen to how God is to forgive us when come to him in confession. Turn with me in 2 Samuel chapter 12, verse one, uh, verses 1 to 7 and verse 13. The Bible says, And the Lord sent Nathan, okay, it's over there, the Lord sent Nathan, and he came unto him and said unto him, There were two men in one city, the one rich and the other poor. The rich man had exceeding many flocks and herds, but the poor man had nothing save one little ewe lamb, which he had bought, I mean, bought and nourished up, and it grew up together with him and with his children. It did eat for his own meat and drank for, uh, of his own cup and lay in his bosom and was unto him as a daughter. And there came a traveler unto the rich, uh, unto the rich man, and he spared to, uh, to take of his own flock and of his own herd. She dressed for the wavering man that was come unto him, but took the poor man's lamb and dressed it for the, uh, for the man that was come to him. And verse 5, come, And David's anger was greatly kindled against the man. And he said to Nathan, As the Lord liveth, the man that hath done these things shall surely die. 
You know, and he shall restore the lamb fourfold because he did this thing and because he had no pity. And Nathan said to David, Thou art the man. Thus saith the Lord God of Israel, I anointed thee king over Israel and I delivered thee out of the hand of Saul. And verse 13, And David said unto Nathan, I have sinned against the Lord. And Nathan said unto David, The Lord also hath put away thy sin, thou shalt not die. So isn't that an incredible passage? David had committed unbelievable sin, and yet, and the, comment, and, uh, and the moment he has confessed, I have sinned against the Lord. Nathan inspired by the Spirit of God. So he was able to proclaim the Lord's forgiveness. The Lord has, forsake, the Lord has taken away our sins. You shall not die. So we must remember ourselves of God's mercy and grace. You know, we must confess. Number two, we must confess our sin fully and frankly to the Lord. So this is exactly what David said what David did. He didn't make excuses for what he had done. And he didn't even try to make Bathsheba share the guilt of the blame. But he continually uses the personal pronoun, my. Okay, look at verse 1. My transgressions, my iniquity, my sin, my so on and so forth. Furthermore, David employs Every Old Testament's word of sin, transgressions, meaning rebellion and lowliness, iniquity, meaning perversity, sin, which carries it the meaning of the missing the mark. In effect, David is saying here, I have sinned, lowless, and perverse, and I have missed the mark. Not reach God's standards. He, ha he goes on to state that he has. He has done evil things in guilty and shedding blood. So he acknowledged, he acknowledges sin and confesses it fully, frankly, to the Lord. So this is a good reminder to us. So we must remind ourselves of God's mercy and grace, but we must follow David's example in confession. So in the words of 1 John 1 9, okay, ito yung lagi nating inaano na when we get sin. So if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. What a great promise. We must confess our sins fully and frankly to the Lord. And number three, we must seek to surrender completely to the Holy Spirit. So it is important to be clear that when we sin, the Holy Spirit does not leave us. For in, in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 30, we are told that we have been sealed with the Holy Spirit for the day of redemption. And John 14, 16 tells, tells us that the Spirit will be with us forever. We do not need to pray today. Therefore, the prayer that David prayed in verse 11, however, only as the Holy Spirit filled and empowers us shall we be kept from falling into the into sin again so we must seek to uh, to give ourselves over completely to the spirit's control you know isn't isn't it uh, hard to to do our task as a christian if if we don't ask for god for the guidance of the holy spirit 
So we must seek afresh the infilling and empowering of the Holy Spirit. I will not go through all this. This is another topic. Okay, and finally, we must rejoice in the blessing of a renewed and fruitful life. Amen? Okay? All right, so we cannot experience a full life while harboring known sin. Okay, if we keep getting, if we keep uh, um, harboring sin again and again, but when we acknowledge our sin, confess it to the Lord, turn from it and receive God's forgiveness and cleansing and seek to come under the control of the Holy Spirit once again, then we are ready to experience the wonder, joy, fulfillment of living life as God intended us to be. We will rejoice in satisfying service for Him. The joyful noise, okay, no, the joyful service. <laughs> the joyful service of bringing people to God in verse 13 to 15. Okay, Brother Bobby's group, the joyful noise. Then will I teach transgression thy ways, and sinners and shall be converted unto thee. O Lord, open thou my lips, and my mouth shall shew forth thy praise. The fulfilling service here of prayer in verse 18, Do good in thy good pleasure unto Zion. Build thou the walls of Jerusalem. So, now, in this, in this uh, lessons here, in this uh, points here that I have learned, I have shared, you know, we can learn that how God is merciful and grateful in, in our lives. You know, there are many things that, uh, there are many ways that we can, um, you know, that God will be, you know, sometimes we'll be discouraged in our life, you know, in our attitudes. But uh, the Lord is always good. The, Lord, the Lord's heart and hands is always open to forgive us. So let's bow our heads and close our eyes as I uh, close this message. So if you are a Christian today who feels like what David did, a Christian with no praise, a Christian with no joy, a Christian with no assurance, no testimony, no filled with guilt and uncleanness, or you have never put your trust in Jesus and you do not know what it, what it is to have a pure, clean conscience, a mind free from guilt, a heart that sings for joy, a spirit tuned with God and harmony with yourself as assurance of God's presence with you. Then do not despair, but rather think of God's loving kindness and tender mercy. Think of his readiness to accept you if you only you will turn to him. According to your sinfulness to the Lord, acknowledge your sinfulness to the Lord. Ask him to take control of your life and seal it with the Holy Spirit or give yourself over afresh to the Holy Spirit and enter into rejoice in fruitful and full life then no matter where your life's journey leads or what hardship you may face you will be able deep in your hearts to rejoice always in the lord's way our father in heaven lord 
you know our heart. You know, um, there are ways, there are many ways for us to fall into sin. But Lord, we confess it all, all this, oh Lord, and please continue, Lord, to help us, Lord, to flee from all these evil things, oh God. And we know, Father, Lord, that uh, you, you're always there for us. Fill us, Lord, with thy Holy Spirit. Please continue, Lord, to remind us that your guidance, that your love and, love and loving kindness is always with us. And we thank you, Lord, for that, for that great promise that you will never leave us nor forsake us. Once again, Father, Lord, as we go in our daily life, may you continue, Lord, to use us, O Lord, and, and be with us always. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Pastor? <coughs>